It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by The Power Lodge, SCR Northern, Zealand Meats, Tracker Boating Center, Vimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Liveax Marine in Isle, SW Bait and Tackle, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Freedom Firearms, Newman Construction, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, Your Ice Castle Dealer in Pine River, Crow Wing Recycling, Canvas Tech, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, SPR Motorsports and Marine, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Brian Moon. And welcome into this week's show. We've got a lot to cover. We'll talk a lot of walleye fishing on the show, bass fishing really picking up, muskies on the lacks, what's happening out there. Ray Gildow is also going to spotlight Lake Ossawinna-McKee and a lot of the uh, fishing opportunities out there. Melissa Barrick with Crowing Soil and Water will drop by to talk about what they have going on, plus another great recipe from Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we'll kick off the show with our Lake and Field segment brought to you by Oars and Mine in Crosby. No matter if your goal is pike, trout, walleye, or bass, Oars and Mine gives you 10 different ways to get the bite. The next time you're in the Cuyuna area, Oars and Mine is a must-stop located on Highway 6 in Crosby. And we'll kick the show off with our local report. We bring in Ray Gildow with the Nisswa Guides League. And Ray always keeping a very close eye here on the Brainerd Lakes area and a close eye on Lake Winnie as well, where a lot of anglers like to spend a little time this time of year. I guess we'll start up there, Ray. What are you hearing? Well, before we start up there, Brian, let me just say uh, an interesting piece of information came out this week uh, that the big mouth buffalo fish caught in Otter Tail County this spring has officially now been measured at 112 years old through radiocarbon uh, technology, which is that's incredible. It is the oldest freshwater fish ever caught and ever recorded in Minnesota history. So that's pretty cool. Wow. And it's uh, making people think twice about uh, what they should be allowing on uh, night fishing when guys are going out with bows and arrows and shooting fish. Uh, they're thinking they might be hurting a a pretty uh, unique population of fish there. But I just thought that was really pretty interesting. Not that any of us are going to go out and, for the most part, fish for a big mouth buffalo fish, but a 112-year-old fish, that's just an incredible piece of information. Jumping up to Winnie, uh, walleye fishing has been challenging. I think it's fair to say this time of the year, you know, it's going to be challenging. Um, but there are people who are moving around, keep covering ground, running with spinners, uh, spinning rigs and lindy rigs tipped with crawlers and leeches are still finding some fish. The uh, the bite probably is a little better towards the evening. That midday time is getting to be it's getting to be pretty tough. And this time of the year too, there's a really a good population now of perch. Um, Winnie is full of perch, two three inch perch, and so when you're down there now, you're really competing for a lot of bait fish with uh, with just the natural uh, fish in the lake itself. So the bite's been a little bit tough. Uh, leeches are still working, like I said, pretty well, and crawlers are working pretty well, too. Uh, the panfish bite is still very good, uh, getting along the vegetation and into the vegetation. People are catching some very nice uh, panfish on Leech Lake, or on uh, Winnie, rather, I'm sorry. And uh, in that uh, 12 to 20-foot range, people are still finding some northerns and some nice, nice northerns. Winnie has some very nice northern pike in it. And uh, so I think overall it's kind of similar to what it was last week. Uh, this week the temperatures cooled down a little bit. It's interesting because we're starting to see a change in the weather. We're starting to see a change in the environment. 
a lot of those birch trees are starting to drop uh, leaves, which is exciting for people who like to fish in the fall, but it's kind of discouraging for people who aren't. Looking forward to that. Uh, High Banks Resort, uh, Kim and Rick uh, Leonhard up there are doing a, they do a fabulous job with veterans. And I wanted to just mention something they're doing. A week from this, this past Friday, they're going to be sponsoring 35 disabled American veterans from the Carlton area. And they're going to, they have guides for them and they're going to be sponsoring them on Winnie fishing. Um, I think they're going to be preparing meals for about 300 people. And it's something they've done, I think it's their second or third year they've done this now. Uh, they do a lot to recognize veterans. And I'd just like to say that there are still a few openings uh, on high banks if you're looking to go fishing this fall. Before the Labor Day weekend comes up, there's still a few openings there. So uh, go to their website, High Banks Resort, and check them out. In the Brainerd area, Brian, there's actually a walleye bite starting to come on. Um, you know, this isn't for probably everybody. I mean, you've got to kind of know what you're doing to do this. But there's been a pretty little good bite going on up on the whitefish chain. Uh, upper and middle whitefish have probably been the best. And there's also been a pretty good little bite on Gall Lake uh, for walleyes. And um, I would say for people who are doing the best, they've been fishing in that 15 to 22 feet with leeches under bobbers, and they're trolling lindy rigs uh, with red-tailed chubs or creek chubs. And uh, to the chagrin of a few, I'm sure, but in the past two weeks, there's been a few uh, 25, 26-inch muskies caught on Gall Lake. And I know not everybody's happy about having muskies there, but there are there. They're in there, and uh, they're starting to pick up a few. And I think most of those guys are catching them, fishing for probably for uh, northern pike and for walleyes and sort of catching them accidentally. I don't know that many people are actually going out and casting, uh, you know, crankbaits and uh, the likes for muskies because they're not that big yet. But they're, they're, are, they're there, and people are starting to see them show up a little bit. Uh, the pike bite has also been very good in the Brainerd area in general. <clears throat> uh, working the weed edges uh, is probably the best bet right now in that 16 to 25-foot range. And if you want to get bigger pike, don't be afraid to go down even into 30 feet of water, 32 feet of water. Uh, Mid-August is when we probably have our best fishing on the whitefish chain for big pike. Uh, we go up on the upper and middle, and we drop off into... 27 to 33, 34 feet of water um, with big chubs, six, seven-inch chubs if you can find them, or uh, sucker minnows. And we're talk a little bit about bait because uh, the bait has been a, really a challenge this summer. Uh, I'll come back and talk about that in a minute. But don't be afraid to go deep if you're looking for, for the bigger northern pike because you're going to find the smaller ones along those weed edges. Also, the bass bite is just excellent in the Brainerd area. I think if you hit the right days, if you're going to North Long or Round or if you're going to Gall or the Whitefish Chain, uh, it's just been a really good bite. On those sunny days uh, when there's not been a cloud in the sky, you definitely want to start working a little deeper. But I always encourage people to start shallow, start up in that three, four, five feet of water. You don't get anything there, work your way out. And be patient and drop if you're fishing with plastic worms or if you're throwing crankbaits. Uh, get down into that deeper water. Go a little slower. They're there. You just got to work for them to get them. Get them. And it's also been uh, a good week for sunnies and crappies. The bite has been just excellent on, on a lot of area lakes. And lots of people you talk to are doing really well on sunfish and uh, on um, crappies as well. 
using small jigs, uh, bobber fishing under jigs with uh, plain hooks or small crappie minnows, and slow trolling with smaller jigs and crankbaits. Uh, working off the, the weed edges again, off that vegetation. Um, in the daytime, you'll find the crappie suspended deeper, sometimes 20, 25 feet of water. And if you're good with your electronics, you can find them down there. And then as the sun starts going down a little bit, they'll start moving into the vegetation, and you can start following them in there <clears throat> and uh, find them in that particular area. So the walleye fishing is good in a couple of spots. Gall Lake and the whitefish chain, I don't think it's been particularly great anywhere else. Uh, but the bass fishing, the, pie, the pan fish, and the crappie fishing has been very, very good. Just to talk a little bit about the bait supply, uh, I spent some time uh, with Sherry at S&W Bait here just uh, this yesterday, and this is the toughest year she has ever had in getting bait. And we've talked about this in the past. Uh, we had a very, very, very slow spring, and we had lots of uh, little ponds freeze out that would normally be places where people would find uh, sucker minnows and fatheads. And people maybe don't realize this, but historically, we used to get a lot of shiners and a lot of fatheads, these big fatheads with big dark heads. They were imported, actually, from other states. And now that Minnesota has disallowed that, it's getting harder and harder to find that. So the, the fatheads and the, the crappie minnows that we're finding in our bait shops, for the most part, are very, very small. And it's also very, very difficult to get creek chubs and red-tail chubs because we're getting more and more areas where we're restricted, where we, where the bait uh, trappers can't get them. So there's a, if, it's not unusual to go into some of the bait shops and almost find that there's not a whole lot of bait in there. And uh, it's just a very unusual period. Even the jumbo leeches uh, are hard to come by because they had a very, very... Um, early or late spring and then real hot weather makes it hard for uh, trappers to get the leeches. So just a little bit of a challenge here. You can still find things, but as I said in the past, you're going to have to pay a lot of money for them. Then just to uh, feature a, a lake this week, I'd like to talk a little bit about a lake that probably a lot of people don't fish, uh, but if you want to take the time to go out of your way, Lake Ossawinamakee is a pretty cool little lake. And it's located about six miles west of Jenkins. It's the largest of a chain of lakes that includes Kimball, Bass, and Star. It has extremely clear water. I think the uh, the Sichi Dish, you can see down 20, 21 feet of water. And um, so your fishing is going to be in a much deeper pattern than you would find in areas where you have a lot less water clarity. The upper arm, which has some darker water flowing in from Kimball Lake, seems to hold the best fish habitat. Uh, I haven't looked at the walleye stocking in the last year or two, but in the 60s and even in the early 70s, uh, Ossawinamakee uh, was also stocked with muskies. And uh, there might still be a stray one there or not, but I don't think they're stocking with muskies anymore. But for bass, uh, Farmer's Bay and Wolf Bay are really good areas. Uh, work along the sand flats, 20 to 25 feet of water in the main lake. Uh, for walleyes in the summer, concentrate on sharp drop-offs and rocky points and look down 20 to 30 feet because, like I said, it's very clear. The west side of, the, of Land Island on the upper arm of the lake is another pretty good spot in the midsummer times. And for trolling, start up in uh, Besnick's Bay and work down to the Narrows. Uh, just get a map at your local bait shop and, and check this out. And then crappies and sunfish uh, are pretty plentiful in this lake also. 
And the areas where I would recommend people start would be Besnick's Bay and also Muskie Bay. The small underwater part of the middle of the north side is a consistent hot spot. And in the summers, crappies are constantly moving. Drift around until you find a school, and uh, I'm sure you're going to find some panfish. So that kind of wraps it up for this week. Brian? Great stuff as always. Ray Gildow, Nisswa Guides League. You can check him out at uh, raygildow.com as well as all over social media. I appreciate the info as always, Ray. We'll talk to you soon, okay? All right. Thank you. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Lakes Area Flood and Fire are your local flood, fire, and mold restoration specialists in the Lakes Area. From the ground up, they want to protect your investment and the health of you and your home or business. Instead of simply fixing the symptoms, they dig down to the root of the cause so it doesn't happen again. Their staff is IICRC certified and has an impressive track record of successful remediation projects and flood dryouts. Lakes Area Flood and Fire, providing services that help keep your home and family safe. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3 and back with us again, Mandy Urich, our uh, bass expert here on Brainerd Outdoors and many, many other things. Uh, first of all, Mandy, welcome back to the show. Brian, it's great to be back. I missed you, bud. I know. We we need to chat more. It just seems like we're always so busy and, and you're busy as well. I mean, there, there's a ton of things you've, you've had... You know, a lot of league stuff going on. You've got tournaments coming up. So there you go. Uh, also, you've been doing some TV filming as well. I did. I got back in the boat for the third time with Steve Panazza and Lake Commandos just recently in the last week. And we went out and filmed. And that whole setup on how Lake Commandos TV show is, is you have no information whatsoever. There's no pre-fishing, no information. You don't know until the night before which lake you're going to hit. You basically get there. You get to look up the DNR website and kind of find some specs on the lake. And then you got to make a decision what you're going to throw that day, how you're going to fish. And it's a head-to-head competition with Steve Panaz. I mean, (laughs) for for me, I've known Steve for 15 years, but it's still a stressful event. But it's so cool because it's all about putting puzzle pieces together based on a little bit of knowledge. So you got to draw from many different aspects, weather, water clarity, vegetation types, and just hit the water and go. But... Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> Did you guys film on a variety of different lakes, or were you on a certain one? We were on a certain one. Uh, we don't ever announce what the lake is. We just call it Lake X. But all I can say, it was the most amazing topwater bite I think I've ever been on in my whole entire life. Uh, and it was a, a lake out of Minnesota, which was cool, because we do film all over uh, North America. So it was, it was really neat to, to hit one of our, our lakes in in Minnesota and get out there and, and just really bash on some big bass. For sure. And speaking of which, uh, here we are with us. You know, we're kind of almost in a prime time bass fishing now. Um, things are a little tricky, Maddie. You and I were talking off air before we went on. Uh, we're dealing with bugs right now. <laughs> and uh, these fish are pretty stuffed up, but there are ways that you can get them to bite. Yes. Uh, so we're dealing with a mayfly hash, a, a, a massive one. On Sunday, this past Sunday, I was out on the Mississippi River, and I, there was billions of dead mayflies floating in these giant rafts down the river. And every fish that you were able to catch was just puking them up. And the libel was black with, with larvae. You also, previously, we've got a big crayfish molt going on in multiple lakes. So you'll notice that if you put a bass in the libel, they're puking up these orange crayfish. We talked previously, when you see a crayfish in orange, it's not necessarily a rusty invasive crayfish. When they molt uh, and their new exoskeleton comes, it's orange because it's still in that soft factor. But 
It's super visible for bass, and it's one of their best, tastiest treats. It's better than Snicker bar and bacon put together. <laughs> so they're, they're gorging themselves on that. And we've got a dragonfly hatch. So you've got all of these invertebrates that, you know, and, and bugs and larvae that are just, yes, they're stuffed to the hilts. So we have to change our tactics. <laughs> And you said more right now, what you like to do is more reactionary baits. Yes. It, it's easier to get a reactionary bite than it is to force feed them on, on a plastic bite. So uh, spinner baits right now, super hot. Um, especially if you are seeing larvae on the top of the water, run that spinner bait, a lighter spinner bait, so it's in the upper water column. And keeping it, you know, between a foot to maybe three feet down. Same thing with a chatter bait. Uh, I like rattle traps at this time of year, too, running them through the tops of those cabbage flats. But everything is really vegetation-orientated right now because, obviously, those invertebrates are in there. The bugs are in there. So every species possible is in there. You just got to get them to bite. <laughs> That's a tricky thing. <laughs> and, and also, you know, uh, topwaters at, at first light and late light, um, the fish are going to be in that upper water we're calling too. So... Um, whopper ploppers, chomper baits, uh, propeller baits. Those have been really, really good. Buzz baits, baby. I've been throwing a lot of buzz baits. I love this time of year. And of course, you can't go wrong with that frog uh, running it across. I even, you know, we always think duckweed or, you know, slop, things like that. You can run that through reeds, anything like that, where those fish are going to come up and smash it. But water temps have been staying fairly steady, even with our ups and downs and our rains. They're staying in that high 70s, low 80s. So the metabolism of the bass is up and they are chomping, which hence we just got to get them to chomp on a reactionary base. And is it throughout the day, Mandy, or do you want to work at this maybe more in the morning or late evening? Um, reactionary bites are great all day long. Uh, top waters early and late. Uh, frog bites, I, I would say you can do it pretty much across the day. But if it's in super high sun, then you're going to want to find some thicker cover. You're going to want to find that duckweed or those mats, something like that. Because those fish, remember, are diving a little bit deeper down in there to get out of that sunlight and protect their eyes. And maybe just to switch gears off of bass, I mean, obviously there's people that want to go out there and walleye fish, crappie, pike. I mean, is there anything they can do? Because obviously this bug hatch issue that we've had is going to affect that as well. Yes. And so you're seeing, like I said but previously, because of all these bugs kind of being in this vegetation, doesn't matter if you're on the river, if you're on the lake, uh, they're in different stages of either coming up and, and nymphing and molting and flying or actually dying. Uh, there's walleye in there. There's pike in there. Um, there again, they're eating some smaller baits. So if you you can even throw a Ned rig right now and catch walleye, you can throw spinner baits. You wouldn't believe how many walleye I caught on gull in eight to ten feet of water in cabbage flats throwing a spinner bait in the last week. It's kind of been sick. So and the pike are hitting the same things too. So I would say with the pike downsize, uh, you normally we're throwing big blades right now. I would downsize to a normal spinner bait that you'd be throwing for a bass. There you go. Some absolutely great information. Mandy Urich. Mandy, if people want more information on you, they can get it how? Find me on Facebook, Instagram, or tune in here live, or find us on podcasts. There you go. We're all over that as well. Mandy, I appreciate it. Great info as always, and we will chat with you here real soon. Sounds great. Thanks. Let's head out to Mille Lacs. Get the report out there. Steve Sapaniak joins us with Predator Guide Service. And uh, Steve, out on Mille Lacs, you've been doing a lot of musky trips. Obviously, that's your thing out there. How's that been going? 
you know, Brian, I can't complain. It's been going pretty good, except the only thing that's really hampered us is when we get a storm, like we had a couple of days ago again, you know, here in, here in the central Great Lakes area. It's, you know, Mille Lacs Lake, we had a lightning show like you wouldn't believe lasted for about a half hour. So, again, we had two to three days with things going slow. But otherwise, things have been good. Uh, normally, you know, we've had our chance at muskies and giant pike. I cannot complain. One of my guys a week and a half ago, he had one was probably well over a foot across the back. I saw the back. I couldn't believe the size of this fish. He froze. He looked at me. He said, Steve, the lure was completely in its mouth. It spit it out. He said it was, like you said, just a little touch, just a little tap. He said, and that's exactly what happened. He goes, I blew it. I, I got no complaints. Oh, that's fishing. You see a fish of that caliber, anyone's going to blow it. <laughs> that's for sure. Now, you talked last week you had one of your first night trips of the year. How'd that go? You know, it was fun. It was exciting. We didn't get no fish because by 10.30 we were back at the shore. It was probably one of the worst, buggiest night trips I've ever had in my life. The mosquitoes, Brian, were relentless. It didn't matter how much bug spray you had on. They were going right through it. And then the lake flies came out, the lake midges, and I've never seen them so thick. They were so thick around the light of the boat, you could not see the water below. And it was the worst I've ever experienced. But otherwise, night fishing has been pretty good on my Lax Lake. You know, you cannot beat the idea of tying into a monster at night, getting it boated. We've had good luck, but like I said, this last one was just unbelievably bad for bugs. Do you, are you seeing a lot of anglers out there fishing for muskies at night? There's, there has been a few, yeah. There has been a few besides myself, you know, trying to slip out there or staying out there with an evening trip as long as I can. I'm seeing more and more of them, you know, hanging out there. The problem is they're fishing without lights on, Brian. That's why the bugs aren't biting or bugging them. You know, a little all pun intended, let's go with that one. But they've been fishing without, without lights on. I can see these guys when I'm coming back from the highway, 169. I can look over to a couple areas, and you can see boats in the full moon with no lights on. Hey, guys and gals who are fishing without lights on, that's illegal, you know. You know, So what? You're, you're getting away from the bugs. But remember the guy a few years ago just got a fine from the DNR for fishing without the lights on. Later on that evening, he turned them off again, and he was pile driving across the lake, something hit something, and ended up dead. Keep your lights on, and you don't have to fly at night neither. There you go. That's good advice there. Uh, what are you throwing for muskies right now, Steve? Well, for nighttime, we're throwing uh, the double tens and some pluck a pluck a sound topwater, which is usually Lake X uh, topwater lures. They've been really good. They've got the Cannonball and the Cannonball Junior, and they've got another one that's called the Fat. Uh, excuse me, the term, you know, I can't even use it on the radio. <laughs> but they've been really good at night. So between the double tens and the uh, Cannonballs in the evening. And nighttime, that's been pretty good. During the day, we're throwing uh, the phantom lures have been working really well with the muskies, glide baits. We've been throwing uh, double eights, which has been working real well for us. Uh, like the Kramer Brother lures, they have been doing pretty good. And we've been throwing a few topwaters right now in spinner baits like the Rad Dog. So all those combined for day trips have been doing pretty good. Main thing is, again, a little light tap is a hit, so you really have to pay attention. You know working for Big Pike, too? Yeah, they have. I've been using more spinner baits for the big pike, Brian, like the rad dogs and the gray blade and the gray body with the nickel uh, blade, and the black body on cloudy days with the nickel blade. Then I've been using the smaller ones, you know, black bodies with uh, orange double blades, you know, Colorado blades. They've been working real well. Cast out, let them sink, 
into the weeds and then grind them back slowly. Another method we've been doing is moving really slow with the trolling motor while one guy casts or two guys cast, and the third person watches a sucker minnow being dragged behind the boat. That has been very productive. We've taken pike up to 18, 19 pounds this year already on that method. And over the years, we've taken uh, pike up to 24 pounds on the sucker minnow brine. So it's a one-two punch. It's a win-win situation with that kind of technique going. Now, we had some cooler temps this past week, but the week before, we were up in that mid to upper 80s for a lot of days, and that's, you know, prime time. You always said, uh, you know, that type of weather is awesome for bass out in Mille Lacs. How are anglers doing with them out there right now? Doing good. They've been doing pretty good. You know, uh, hot, calm, sunny days have always been the best for smallmouth on Mille Lacs. And they've been doing real well on the rocks early in the morning, Brian, and late in the evening. You can throw a jig and pig, you know, combination, or a little tube jig, or uh, marabou is one of my favorites to throw because you're working quickly and efficiently. Uh, later, as the morning progresses, like around 9 o'clock or so, you move out to the deeper water, Brian, the 12 to 22-foot uh, range, and work the rocks there with a drop shot and a little uh, wacky worm on it. That's been very productive also. So it's been a win-win situation for the smallmouth. Now, the largemouth, you're going to find them uh, by the cabbage weeds next to the bulrushes. Jig and pig cast out, let it sink into there and move it just a little bit and let it sit. That's been very productive also. So uh, it's been really good with those uh, combinations going and also a small spinnerbait works fantastic for the largemouth too. So you've got everything to choose from and everything to catch. And obviously the walleye anglers out there that uh, want to get a picture fish, they should be doing pretty good too, huh? Oh, they are. I mean, when I've been taking when I've been taking people out walleye fishing, Brian, it's been slip bobbers. You know, everybody just enjoys it. You know, and they're always asking me, "Should we go out to the flats?" And I tell them, "Why? I've got great spots here close to shore. We'll get you 26, 27, 28, 29 inch fish, and we have been with bobbers. It's been a good time. It's sort of hard to beat watching a bobber go down and everybody get excited." Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's not for everybody, but I I enjoy it. So yeah, I do too. You bet. Yeah. So why beat your head against the wall if you don't have to? <laughs> So, Steve, exactly. Steve Saponiak, Predator Guide Service. You can check him out, predatorguideservice.com. I appreciate it, buddy. Good stuff. We'll talk to you soon. My pleasure, Brian. Thank you. More of Branded Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Always fun to have Melissa Barrick here with us. She is with Crowing Soil and Water. District manager, she brings along a friend, uh, Jory Danielson, is with us. He's the maintenance supervisor with Crowing Crowing Highway Department. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, Melissa, you can maybe start off about that. Yeah, so uh, we are working with um, the city of Baxter to host um, some salt management workshops. And I guess what you're sort of thinking is is the table salt, right? Uh, But uh, what we're actually talking about is chloride reduction. Um, So in the metro area specifically, there's over like 50 lakes that have been impaired uh, due to salt. And it comes in different ways. Um, One of them is road salt. Some of them is from the wastewater treatment plants as well as water softener. Um, But uh, some of these lakes are um, not doing so well because of that salt. It never goes away once we put it on the ground. And so we are trying to partner with uh, different folks like the Crowling County to help train uh, contractors. So we have a two-day workshop. Uh, so the first day is kind of more for the people that are maybe uh, working on the sidewalks and the sort of smaller uh, driveways and parking lots. The second day is more for the operators uh, that are driving the snow plows. And so that workshop, again, is Monday and Tuesday, September 3rd and 4th, and it's at the City of Baxter City Hall. 
the cost is $15. Um, you'll receive lunch and you'll get a certification. Um, and so if you want to uh, register for that, um, you can uh, call or email uh, the Crow Wing Soil Water or just Google us and we'll um, our name and you can contact us um, to register for that workshop. And I thought Jory uh, here with Crow Wing County Highway Department, he his staff has attended this workshop and he could talk a little bit about what they're doing, again, to reduce that amount of chloride that we're putting on uh, on the, the roads that is... Um, going into our lakes and streams. Yeah, that's an interesting thing, Jory. You can weigh in on that because, uh, yeah, it's something I think sometimes people forget about. Yeah, and we're seeing it in the metro area, and we want to prevent it from happening up here. Obviously, we don't have the traffic counts uh, and the roadway system they do down there, but chloride can still impact our waters. So uh, the highway department has an ongoing effort to be good stewards of the environment while at the same time providing the highest level of roadway safety. Um, and we kind of balance those two competing priorities of, uh, with that being reducing the chloride use while still providing safe roadways by utilizing uh, industry best practices, which this workshop uh, has helped us with. Uh, we had all of our uh, operators attend this a year ago, and we have a few new folks that are going to be attending it this year. Uh, we are also, uh, to go along with that, all of our snowplow drivers are level one certified and our organization is in the process of becoming level two certified, uh, which we hope uh, once the paperwork gets submitted, we will be for this upcoming winter season. Um, it provides us an opportunity and the knowledge and expertise to talk with other people in the industry and then also have a third party, uh, with the MPCA, telling us uh, what they're seeing out there and how we can better utilize and reduce our chloride Melissa and I have talked about this. I mean, soil and you know, water quality and everything have been a big, big thing. Um, are you guys looking at maybe other things that other states are doing to, to, you know, here in Minnesota? Because obviously our lakes are such a big, big thing of what we want to make sure and maintain. Are you looking at what other states are doing at all? There are other states that are um, in the same situation as us. Uh, we are looking at some of the research that they've done, uh, other DOT departments um, and but the MPCA um, has the best knowledge, we feel, and what we've come across uh, along with the uh, uh, Minnesota DOT and what they're doing and some of the different practices. Uh, we are partnering uh, with the MPCA and also with the Crow Wing Soil and Water Conservation District uh, in an ongoing effort to make sure that we're uh, utilizing uh, salt efficiently. We're pr- using our best practices, and we hope to... Uh, have a partnership where we'll be sampling water and then testing it on ongoing uh, as a baseline and then to make sure that we're staying within standards and our best practices are being utilized properly. Melissa brought in a spoon for me and granted this is radio so I mean I, I can't really but I mean tell me a little bit about why you brought that in. Yeah, there's a group um, out of the metro called Stop Over Salting, and that's kind of, this is their thing that they were giving out to legislators this last session to try to get some new uh, legislation regarding um, contractors and their ability to salt. But uh, this is just a teaspoon, so if you have a teaspoon in your house, if you dump that into a five-gallon bucket, most people have a five-gallon
um, bucket, um, that water is contaminated. And that's kind of um, what we're looking at is that you don't need a ton of salt uh, for that water body to become contaminated. And so this training is awesome. The lady that runs this training, she's been doing this probably 10, 15 years, um, Connie Fortin. And she has traveled all over the country, mostly the Midwest, and trying to work with people like Jory and other uh, you know, private guys as well, um, and trying to help them um, develop some best management practices. The thing that I really think is cool about this is that these snowplow drivers are more like meteorologists than anything else. Uh, the equipment that they have, uh, it's they have these pavement temperature sensors on the back of their trucks now <laughs> that can actually tell you the temperature of the pavement, and then they can decide on the rate of the salt as well if they should be using some of the brine and some of the other materials out there. And they're looking ahead and trying to predict as best as they can um, of how much salt to use. And so I think that's really cool and Crowing County has been doing a great job. MnDOT also does a great job. Um, and it's really cool to see um, some of these things start to happen up in our neck of the woods. Jory, it's really amazing that Melissa just brings that up because I think sometimes you know, when we get snowstorms and we get ice and we get all that stuff, we just want to get to work. We, we just want to get to where we want to go. Mm-hmm. We forget about some of the things that like that comes into play. I mean, I think that's awesome that we can actually bring that to people. Yeah, and we have a set of guidelines that we use. Um, MnDOT also has something similar. And what we look at is road pavement temperature, not so much the air temperature, but the road pavement temperature. MnDOT has some great resources out there with road sensors that can actually forecast what those road temperatures are going to be in the future. So uh, through the 511 app, we can look at that and determine um, our salt rates based on the road temperature uh, sensors and know what we're going to need for that day uh, instead of just arbitrarily throwing out a number we have a guideline set uh, to try to reduce our salt consumption and our salt usage We're coming a long way since just plowing the snow off the roads haven't we yeah it's more than that there's a <laughs> there's a little bit of a science behind it and a, and a lot of data uh, that's been collected and that continues to be collected so we can uh, get closer uh, to reducing our chlorides and also providing um, safe uh, roadways for the users. Absolutely. One more time, uh, Melissa, on the uh, workshop and everything, and people want more information. Yes. Uh, so, again, the SALT workshop is Monday and Tuesday, September 3rd and 4th, at the city, Baxter City Hall. Um, and if you want information, you can call Crow Wing Soil and Water Conservation District, and you can just Google our number, um, and we'll get you information and get you registered. Anything else you guys wanted to bring in? Um, Just thanks. Uh, Thank you, Brian. And again, I think this is kind of a rising topic, and thanks for letting us come and talk about it. I appreciate you guys coming in. Jory, it's nice to meet you as well. Yeah, nice to meet you. And uh, like again, um, Melissa said, the workshop is very informative. Uh, It it helped our drivers understand why we're trying to reduce uh, the chloride uh, out there. And then also, she mentioned there's commercial applicators, too, um, that it's very beneficial for them to not only use less chlorides, but also maybe help their budgets out by calibrating their equipment, getting that knowledge and understanding, and using less but still having effective results. That's awesome. we got uh, Jory Danielson. He's the maintenance supervisor with Crowing County uh, Highway Department. Melissa Barrett, Crowing Soil and Water District Manager. I appreciate you guys coming in. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. 
Rapaway Marine and Sport is your full-service marine repair facility along with repair and service of ATVs, side-by-sides, and snowmobiles. All service work is performed by a factory-trained professional with years of experience. Rapaway Marine and Sport will get your recreational vehicle back up and running in no time with trusted service and timely return. Find Rapaway Marine and Sport on Facebook for weekly updates. Rapaway Marine and Sport, located just south of Staples on County Road 7. Rapaway Marine and Sport. Check out BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. You'll find sponsor links and product spotlights, podcasts of past shows, and you can email Brian all at BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Now here's your host of Brainerd Outdoors, Brian Moon. Time for our Hungry Hunter segment here on Brainerd Outdoors. As always, Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon joins us. Uh, a little off the beaten path this week, Joel. We don't really go with a main course. This is kind of an appetizer. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing this, though. Yeah, kind of a little starter, just a nice uh, party appetizer. Really pretty simple. We're calling them zucchini boats or zucchini canoes. I like the word boat a little better. But uh, we're taking a pound of ground venison, brown that up, a little bit of onions, and a little bit of peppers. I let your meat ground, uh, brown up first, and then add in your onions and peppers maybe halfway through to kind of just so they have a little bit of crispness to them. Add in some uh, fresh chopped garlic and a little bit of cheese, probably a cup, cup and a half of cheese, and let that kind of you know get all gooey together. And we'll take our zucchinis, about four zucchinis, a nice, you know, eight to ten inches in length or six to eight inches in length. Um, slice them in half the long way, and we're going to seed them out. So we're going to make a nice, you know, nice little canoe or a boat out of it. Take our ground venison mixture with our onions and peppers, lay it inside of there, top it with more cheese. Love it. And we're going to bake it in the oven for 15, 15 minutes at a 350, 375-ish. Just wait for that zucchini to kind of... Soften up a little bit. You don't want it to be, you know, chomping into hard zucchinis. Let that soften up a little bit. Pull it out. Cut into, you know, three, four pieces, however many you like. And I would, I would serve it with probably a marinara or a pasta sauce or, a, or any kind of red sauces. You know, would work really good with this, I believe. One question on this: uh, just the type of cheese that you like, or which something you'd recommend? So I would recommend mixing in some cheddar with it. And then topping it with pepper jack cheese after that. I was just going to say, it's something like a blend of some sort. Yeah, a nice so. blend. You can kind of go whichever way you want. You could use, you know, some Mexican um, Mexican shredded cheese or, you know, any any kind of cheese is, is probably pretty awesome on there. Yeah, I like the pepper jack idea, though. That's I like the pepper jack yeah. idea, too. That's that's what I would go for. There you go. So Spice uh, it up a little more. Sriracha on top. Oh. See, yeah. the possibilities are endless with these recipes. It just keeps going. Joel just gives you the base. From there, you go ahead and take it from wherever you want. So some very good stuff. Uh, zucchini boats uh, this zucchini week. Boats. Yeah, so if you want to give it a try, it's on our website, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Just click on the uh, recipes tab, and you can try this and a ton of other recipes he has there. Thanks, Joel, as always. Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, and we'll check in next week. Excellent. Thanks, Brian. And that will wrap up this week's show. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings right here on B93.3, just after 7, Saturday evenings, and Monday mornings at 5. You can also stream the show live if you're away from your radio or out of town. BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com is where you can do that. While you're there, check out our sponsors page. You can also like us on Facebook and also all over the podcast networks now, Podcast One iTunes, Google Play, wherever you download a podcast, you can find Brainerd Outdoors. And we have help with that from Lakes Area Flood and Fire and Rapaway Marine and Sports. So we appreciate that as well. We'll join you next weekend for another edition for Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon.
Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by The Power Lodge, SCR Northern, Thielen Meats, Tracker Boating Center, Vimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Liebax Marine in Isle, S&W Bait and Tackle, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Freedom Firearms, Newman Construction, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, Your Ice Castle Dealer in Fine River, Crow Wing Recycling, Canvas Tech, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, SPR Motorsports and Marine, and by Rag your truck accessory pros join brian moon saturday mornings at seven sunday evenings at seven and monday mornings at five right here on b93.3